Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Fantasy Madness Podcast. With me, your host, the Mad Chatter, Ryan MK. That's right. Do not forget to follow me on the Twitter, on the gram, at RMK Madness. That's right. Do not forget, you know, like, subscribe, follow, all that. That's right. Well, again, welcome back. We're all here for one thing and one thing only. That's right. Duh. Winning. Yes. Because I do a good amount of it. <laughs> I would like to share some wisdom that I have. Because I am somewhat wisdomous. <sighs> okay, yeah, I know. A little bit weirder than we normally start out. But, uh, feeling a little wacky. What can I say? What can I say? Just been continuing my, uh, days of, 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 marijuana, and some puck. You know, I hope your week was well. Mine was pretty much spent doing that, to be honest. And I, I got some other stuff done. Got an article finished, should be coming out in the next few days on, well, running backs that need a change of scenery. All about running backs, I feel like, need to be traded. Yes. And, and potential destinations and what that might mean for fantasy and all that good stuff. So make sure to check it out. Go to playerprofiler.com. Look for my articles there. Look at the rest of the squad, the team of writers. Lots of good stuff. Lots of good thoughts. And speaking of the crowd, the crew, the team, we're getting together a bit of a fantasy league. That's right, a redraft league. And essentially, it's going to be two leagues, and then the winners of the two leagues will play each other to determine the ultimate winner of the player profiler writing squad. And I fully intend on taking this shit down. We'll see what happens. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. A lot of good writers. A lot of good people in this crew. It's going to be tough to beat. But that's the goal. That's the goal. Really, the goal, if I'm not in the same league as the Podfather, would to be to if he should be in it. I'm not entirely sure. But to meet him one-on-one in the Super Bowl, the championship game, the championship matchup, well, that would be quite fun. It's an enticing thought. We'll see what happens. But I'm excited to get it going. And it should be a lot of fun. So I'm sure we'll be talking a lot about that on Twitter as well as it goes. And as I said, I've been pretty much, uh, you know, just doing the puck this week. But hey, the NBA playoffs started Monday and they've been pretty good so far. Pretty good couple of surprise games. That's right. But it's been fun. It's been fun. I've enjoyed it. It's much better than what they were doing at the beginning of the bubble and just finishing out their regular season, whatever the hell they were doing. And it's been hot out. So it's been... <laughs> it's been good to stay inside. Of course, my son's online schooling is coming up, and that's going to keep me a little bit busier, but... Hey, you got to do what you got to do. I'm just happy that I have stuff to do, if you know what I mean. But it has been fucking hot. And it's funny. You know, it's just, it, it, it tends to be this these last few weeks of August. It gets super fucking hot. 
But no. But no, it's worse this year. And I was reading, if you live in states or areas that are hotter and drier in climate, it's going to get worse. Oh, why? Because climate change. Oh, wait, I forgot that isn't real. Get the fuck out of here. We've got ice caps, meaning ice that's been frozen for a long, long time. This ice has been frozen for years, decades. And now it's melted. It, people don't think that's a problem. We're getting like record highs in temperature. People don't think that's a problem. Oh, goodness. Oh, my goodness. But it's, it's, it's a conspiracy. <laughs> oh, God. Well, we'll see what Joe Biden can do if he's elected because it's official. He will be going up against Mr. Donald Trump. That's right. Get it going. 2020 election. It's coming up. Now, Biden's not perfect. But he's good enough for now. He's good enough to remove the fascist. Make sure you get out and vote. If you haven't been paying attention, <laughs> there is plenty more evidence that Russia is a little more than just buddies with uh, Trump. Trump and, you know, Russia and Putin and all that. They, they, and I don't mean that in a, you know, sexual way. I mean that as in... Oh, they're, they're partners in a way. I'm not sure, and I've said this before, if Putin has something on Trump or what, but I read this whole thing. You know, there is something going on with countries that want to take down the United States. Now, some of this could be a little conspiracy theory-ish, but it's also coming from some good sources where it's intelligence that says, that, hey, there's some shit going on in other countries. I mean, face it. Would it surprise you? Because it's not like people like us all that. <laughs> I mean, Americans got kind of a bad rap. And we're kind of living up to it at this moment in time. With the pandemic, with who's in the White House. We're kind of living up to, you know, some of the shit that other countries dog us for. And... You know, if Trump's got Russian ties and things like this, I talked about it on my last Miscellaneous Debris podcast, but the, I came across this interesting article, and there's all sorts of stuff linking Trump to the Russians and things like this and how there's strong belief by some that if he somehow finds a way to win the election or finds a way to cheat or keep office or something... If he finds a way to stay, you're going to see some crazy changes right off the bat. You could see things like separating from, you know, our common allies and align more with dictators, things like this. <laughs> and I know, hey, we're getting out there, but, you know, this was shit I, I, th that I was worried about a long time ago. And... You know, people thought those kinds of things were crazy. Like, Trump is no fat. Like, he's an idiot and he's this and he's that, but he, he's, he's not that. 
but it's kind of shown you <laughs> with, I mean, everything with the vote in mail. And now he's talking about, now he's talking about p- putting law enforcement at, at polling stations to, well, in his words, you know, watch for fraud. <laughs> it's, it's crazy, in my opinion. It's crazy. It's, what's crazy is that he's got so many supporters, but he's done a damn good job of dividing us, I guess. <laughs> or just, you know, placating to his audience. Who I gotta say, those kinds of people aren't the greatest people to be united with anyway. But God damn it all, if he hasn't really done a number on this country. So get out and vote, please. And I'd also like to mention, it's a good day to arrest the cops who murdered Breonna Taylor. Just saying. Just saying. Now we can turn back towards more fantasy football stuff. And as a matter of fact, I want to get into a little bit of, like, training camp talk. But not just, like, what's actually going on in training camps. Although, we'll hit on a little bit. But just, you know, be a little wary. No, be wary. That's right. Calm it down. Be wary. You can't believe everything you hear or read. You just can't. Coaches lie. Camp is deceiving. I mean, (laughs) yes, there's some stuff you need to pay attention to. Like injuries. We can get into that. But always beware of little clips and videos and things like that on social media. Like, I I know, I know. A.J. Dillon's legs are are very impressive. Can I get something more concrete? (laughs) More substantial? You see some people talking about Alan to Diggs. Oh, the new connection. Okay. It's funny, I get on there, and there's a lot of Bills fans that are just, oh, you you poor souls. I know it's been rough for you, but you are too confident. Oh, so, so confident. And you really shouldn't be. This is going to be, I I fear, a a rough year for Bills fans. Of course, I could be wrong, but that's just, just what I'm feeling. The Browns offense, some videos going around on that. And hey, I want this to happen. I am hopeful. I like the Browns offense. But I'm not seeing these videos and going, oh, yeah, oh, fuck yeah, I was right about the Browns. The Browns are going to kick ass. No, I got to see more. I got to see more. People, you really need to get into your heads that think about the regular season every year in the NFL and consider how rough the first month of football is. It's going to be that, but worse. And maybe longer, maybe six weeks. Because of no preseason. There's so much that goes into this year and all the different changes. How is it going to affect the on-field product? Because it's going to. If somehow the product is the just about like every other year, as far as how it is on the field, I, I would be shocked. So 
So you just have to be wary. Obviously, the injury, like I said, injury news you have to pay attention to. Fucking poor Miles Sanders, considered week to week. Lower body injury. Now they're not telling us what. I hope it's not a hammy. Because you hear about some of these people with hammies. Tyreek Hill. They say it's a minor hamstring injury. Okay. KJ Hamler. He's got the hammy going on. Don't forget about Denzel Mims. And what have we learned over time, people? Hamstring injuries, like the the soft tissue ones, those tend to linger. Look at Adam Thielen from last year. Probably one of the best examples. He could just never get right. So you have to hope Miles Sanders doesn't have a hammy problem. Jalen Hurd tore his ACL. So he's out of the picture, which I do think is interesting as far as, you know, not interesting for him. That sucks for him. And I hope him a speedy recovery, (laughs) obviously. But it's interesting what happens after him because they're already down Debo. Obviously, they have a Uke, and he's probably going to get some run. But now is it Dante Pettis time? I know people are talking about this, but I guarantee you this much. You know who is going to get some run? Trent Taylor. And I've been talking about him for a minute. But I think some wondered if he would really get in that starting receiver bunch. But I think it's inevitable now. Aside from Brandon Ayuk, he is the most talented, healthy receiver left on the squad, in my opinion. And I do believe he'll get that third wide receiver spot. Nikhil Harry's been missing. That's a little concerning, especially after he was starting to make a little noise. Starting to feel pretty confident about Mr. Nikhil Harry. Now, hopefully it's nothing big, but nothing's been reported on it. He just hasn't been there. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully we hear more about that soon. Soon, soon, soon. But I will tell you some areas where I am buying hype. Now, I'm not super huge on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, more into Jonathan Taylor. But I have said it's a good landing spot. And while I do think DeAndre Washington or somebody will be taking carries away from CEH, it is hard not to, I mean, the coaching staff coming out and saying how much they love him and he's awesome. And, you know, again, coaches say all sorts of shit during this time. But in this particular situation, it's just a matter of how crazy is the hype train going to get? Because I believe they love him, and I believe he looks good in that system. We'll have to see it play out on the field, obviously. But it says a lot that they are that excited about what they've seen so far. The Buccaneers offense. I'm buying. I'm buying. You've seen the videos. Brady, Brady to Evans, Gronk. They look like they're going to be good. Dario Gimawale, big part of the offense, says Tom Brady. I'm excited. I have lots of Darway. Darway, Darway. Speak better, Ryan. Damian Harris getting some work at Pat's camp. Proving on the uh, pass catching, or that's what they say. I think it's fine. It's just <laughs> I guess I turned into Bill a little bit there myself. So I, I'm definitely glad. I mean, you. I mean, he, his price is going to rise now. So if you're starting to draft now, 
might not be worth the price to grab Damian Harris. But for, you know, the past couple of months, I've been preaching grab his ass at the end of a draft because you could, he was there. And there's a very good chance he's the starting back for the Patriots come week one. And I will say last thing about what's going on in camp news. Sometimes you have to relax. The Tua example is a great one. Came out there was mixed results about what's going on and that Ryan Fitzpatrick was likely to start and... Yeah, of course. (laughs) You could see why Cincy, you know, they went Burrow number one overall. They believe he's NFL ready. They have no one else of consequence. Andy Dalton's gone. Of course he's starting, but for Tua, coming off an injury, picked a little later in the draft. The Dolphins have Ryan Fitzpatrick. They don't have to rush him. So who really believed Tua is going to be starting the year anyway? I thought, great if he does, good for him. Because there was that one report that came out and said, oh, it's an open competition. Yeah, okay, I could see that. I get it. But we always knew it was much more likely Fitzpatrick starts and we see Tua at some point, right? So relax on Tua. Although, maybe a good time to try and snag him off somebody in a trade. Yeah, that's right. (sighs) That's right. Speaking of, that's what we're going to do in the madness. We're going to attack some trade chatter, discuss a little trade chatter, strategy, etc. So, take a quick breather, and we'll be back to get into that. Alright. Welcome to The Madness. That's right, that's right, that's right. If you're a new listener... I just call, it's just the middle of the show. It's kind of where I get into the main topic, the main discussion, the meat and potatoes, as I've said before. Hey, that time I said potatoes the first time. I didn't say just the meat. The meat and potatoes. Anyway, and I call it the madness. So we're in the madness. And as I said, we're going to do a little chat on trades. Kind of pertaining to... The article I have coming out for playerprofiler.com on running backs that need a trade. They need a change of scenery. Now, I'm not going to get into that. You can read that if you like. Keep an eye out on Twitter at RMKMendness for it. And once again, playerprofiler.com. But just general trading. When it comes to your fantasy football leagues, how do you go about doing it, etc., etc. Because for me... I like trade calculators. I know. Some people, some people like them. Some people don't. Now, when it comes to a redraft league, I'm okay not using one. But when we're talking dynasty, this is long term. I want to use some sort of guide. Not that I don't trust myself, but at times, I would like a good value on draft picks. I'm not the greatest with just pinpointing a good value, how I feel comfortable valuing a draft pick. Maybe also some players I'm not so familiar with. You know, there's constantly situations, and really for me, the trade calculators, I don't use them as a, 
end-all, be-all. I'm not sitting there going, oh, they have to, oh, nope, 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 nope. I can't do this. You're beating, yours is two points higher than mine. Oh, we can't do this. This is 149.8 to 149.3. We're going to have to figure something else out. No, I'm not doing that. I just feel like it's it's a good guide. It's a good gauge of, you know, how you can make a trade fair. Obviously, people value players differently. But that's why I'm open to a trade calculator. <laughs> because it can kind of give you an idea. For example, if someone's trying to trade you somebody, say a Derrick Henry, and they're trying to get way too much off of you, but they feel that's how highly they value him. Now, should you give up all of that stuff just because that person values Derrick Henry that highly? No! Trade calculator calculators help with that. They help give you like a base kind of average of like, hey, here's about what this person's valued. I have no problem personally accepting a trade that on the calculator has me losing by 10 or 15 points. Why? Because I've probably got a really good reason to feel good about that trade. Now, if the trade happens to be with me losing by like 65 points, as opposed to losing by like 10 or 15 points, then that's a different story. That means the value's not even close. Somewhere in that trade. So for Dynasty, again, I really like to have them just as a guide. You don't have to follow them to the D. Just let them guide you to a fair trade for both parties. That's really what it's all about, in my opinion. And trade calculators help with that. They help try and keep it fair. Another point I would make, when trading is to be logical. Now, again, if it's in a redraft league of some sort, guillotine league, anything like that, any, any kind of one-year thing, you definitely know you're playing for that year, so just try and get the best shit you can. Maybe in your draft, you ended up with some extra receivers. Maybe your bench has quite a few receivers. You need some running back help. And fortunately for you, some of those receivers hit. Well, can turn a couple of those into a studly back. Help you win your redraft league. But also, in redraft and guillotine, things like that, the waiver wire is so important. You know, it's, it's much less necessary when it comes to redraft leagues, right? Or, I'm sorry, dynasty leagues. Oh, there we go. I know. Just don't. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That was bad. I admit it. I admit it. That was bad. Anyway, I continue on. Being logical. Okay. So, I've learned some hard lessons. And I'm sure most of you have, too. But you got to make sure when it comes to Dynasty Leagues, you're playing for now in the future. And that's maybe where I lost some of my way. I have a particular league, one of my main leagues, 
it just so happens I, I haven't had draft picks. I, I really went in all in for a couple of years, didn't win, and now I'm sitting here with no draft picks, right? And same old team, and it's just stale, and I'm just like, it's, it's, it's great, but not great enough to win. Like, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I finished at the top of the league, but it's not enough to win. So I wanted to make some moves. And sometimes that is logical. Where it can, it can just seem like you're making trades to make trades, but as long as you have some logic, if you have a plan. And really when it comes to Dynasty, the best thing I think you can do is when you get those stud receivers in their prime, you get them, you latch onto them, and you hold them. You just hold them and hug them and love them and cherish them forever. Forever. Because they're wonderful. And then with quarterbacks, you just, sorry, running backs, you just try and fucking stay young, okay? Stay young. If you can start getting rid of backs when they start, like, really, it can be ideal. Now, the most elite of backs you can hang on to into that second contract. Now, if you choose to do so, they might be harder to trade because that's going to be at the end of the, the career. Me, if I can, I'm trying to get rid of running backs as they end their rookie deal because they, they've essentially had three, four years worth of work sometimes five if they're first-round draft picks. And they've had this work. They're going to start to decline at some point soon, even the most elite of elite. And so if you can get picks or younger guys for them, that's what you need to do. So I fully believe stud wide receivers in their prime Stay young at running back. Those are the two most important things, I think, in Dynasty. And trading is a great way to necessitate some of that. I'd also say having quality tight ends and QBs, at least one of each. It matters. It's more and more. With Superflex and tight end premium, with so many leagues moving to that. It's important. Lateral trading is something where a lot of times it seems illogical, right? So this is being not logical, but it really can work out and make sense and be logical. A good example is for me, my trade in that the league I was speaking of. Again, team was good, but not good enough. All right? I, I lacked some youth. Uh, I... Tight end depth. I didn't have much of that. I had actually traded David Johnson for Noah Fant. I actually think I traded someone else too. Damn it, was it Chase Edmonds? I think I did because he has Kenyon Drake. <laughs> Not the greatest of trades, but at the time, I really just wanted to get rid of David Johnson. And I needed tight end help. I'm kind of kicking myself for the Chase Edmonds thing. Because I love Chase Edmonds. But I was thinking at the time, well, they re-signed Kenyon Drake. They drafted Eno Benjamin. How much do they love Chase Edmonds? <laughs> but that's right. You live and you learn. I've made a few mistakes in that league. But really part of it this year was just trying to get better. 
And I had all these, like, semi, like, okay, like, I have a few good running backs. Well, we'll get into that. And then I had some just, you know, solid guys. Okay guys. And, like, Chase Edmonds isn't the only type of guy like a Chase Edmonds that I have on my bench. So I was like, I could get rid of one of those. And old-ass David Johnson, for no offense. And so I move on to the next part of my trade. Or my trading in this offseason. And what I did was I sold Austin Eckler. I sold. I shouldn't even say it like that. That does sound terrible. So in this trade, I gave Eckler and Tyler Lockett for Derrick Henry and Nikhil Harry. Some people were looking, well, that's a lateral trade. Why would you do that? And why would you, wouldn't you rather have Eckler or Lockett? No. They were not good enough for me last year. Eckler, I do not expect to have the same production. Tyler Lockett, I question his production. Particularly, Pete Carroll really wants, seems to want a third wide receiver. And if it's not going to be Antonio Brown, I can tell you this much, he already is glowing about Philip Dorsett. Now, this is where you have to be careful. Because Philip Dorsett, at one point in time also really gloated about Jerron Brown. (laughs) So you have to take things with a grain of salt. But it's obvious with the A-B flirtation with this, that they're looking for a third receiver. DK is going to take another step. So it's just, is Lockett going to get that same production? I think it's questionable. And then I'm getting Derrick Henry back and Nikhil Harry. Part of the reason I did this is because I knew... One of the teams in the league wanted Derrick Henry. So I traded Derrick Henry once I got him and Robbie Anderson for Aaron Jones, James Washington, Jack Doyle. So now I've further amplified my tight end depth. I've gotten younger, some younger guys at receiver with Nikhil Harry, James Washington. And then I essentially upgraded. I mean, this is essentially what I did. Austin Eckler. Tyler Lockett, Robbie Anderson, for Aaron Jones, Nikhil Harry, James Washington, Jack Doyle. I'm pretty happy with that. I feel like if you look at it that way, it's a hell of a haul. Why? Because I got a couple young receivers. Now, maybe James Washington doesn't fire, and shit, maybe Nikhil Harry doesn't either. But I've got some young guys on my team. And unless I feel like one of them could be one of those studs in their prime in the next couple of years, then all I need is some flashes, some production, to be able to turn them into profit as well. And then Jack Doyle, a steady presence at tight end. And Aaron Jones, who I think too many people are down on. I'd much rather have him than, yes, Derrick Henry, and yes, Austin Eckler. I'm sorry, I don't don't understand it. I don't understand Because they have A.J. Dillon, big fucking deal. So he takes carries away from Jonathan Williams. And say, Aaron Jones touchdowns regress. Obviously. Okay. He's still going to be a top back. So, I like my moves. And that's see, that's where a lateral trade could end up making sense. You see, you see. There's also the aspect of in-draft trading. Now, for me, if I'm in a draft and I have my picks close together, I generally don't do a ton of trading. 
if it's, you know, startup. Obviously, not a whole lot of trading picks and whatnot like that in redraft leagues, but not that it's not known to happen, but not super common. Uh, in rookie drafts, I, I'm much more open because I have certain rookies I'm pinpointing and I'm very flexible as far as moving around in a rookie draft. Now, I can get that way in a startup draft. If I'm in the middle of the draft, if it's a 14-teamer and I'm picking seven, yeah, I'm down to do some moving around. But if I'm sitting there in a 14-teamer and I've got the 13th pick, nah, I'll probably keep my picks most of the time. Now, that always depends. Because you always got to be open in the draft. I've spoke about this plenty. You need to be flexible. You need to have a semblance of a strategy going in. But know that you need to be able to alter it at any point in time. And so one of my big things is always be willing to trade back. Even if there's something there you really want, you never know how things could work out. You could benefit so much more. I'll give you an example. And I do believe I've mentioned this trade before, but in my IDP league, one of my IDP leagues, we had the rookie draft earlier this year. I, because of a series of fortunate circumstances, I was able to get the 101 and 102 in this year's draft. Now at the 101, I went ahead and took took Jonathan Taylor. At the 102, I knew people were going to be drooling for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So I held that pick ransom, and I ended up getting the 1-7, plus Preston Williams, plus a 21-second. So I have extra draft capital next year, and I ended up turning that 1-7 into Cam Akers. So... I essentially traded Clyde Edwards-Hilaire for Cam Akers, Preston Williams, and whatever I get in the second round from him next year, which I think is a pretty good fucking deal. Now, maybe Clyde Edwards-Hilaire turns out to be so fucking awesome that uh, he will have been worth many first-round picks, and I could have screwed up. (laughs) But I don't think that to be the case. But I do think he'll be pretty damn good. So I'm pretty happy with my haul. But that's my point. You need to always be flexible. Because really, can you imagine if I just would have taken Jonathan Taylor and Clyde Edwards Hilaire? That would have been something. But I gave myself an additional playmaker at wide receiver. An additional early round pick in next year's draft. And... If Cam Akers hits like I personally believe he will, how much of a difference is he going to be from Clyde Edwards-Hilaire anyway? We'll find out. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. We'll find out. Speaking of stay tuned, we're going to go ahead and take another break, and then we're going to go ahead and come back and close up shop. Game over, man. Game over. That's right. Game over, pod over time. Pod over time. Don't worry. Don't worry. We'll be back on Monday. It's going to be okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> I like the other oh yeah better because it's Macho Man. But that one's pretty good. You having a laugh? Is he having a laugh? Yes, we're having a laugh. I do love some of these sound effects are just they're just so delightful to just listen to and press the button and then you hear and just like that one's just so fun. You having a laugh? Is he having a laugh? Is he having a laugh? <sighs> anyway, I digress. I do want to say very, very quickly, prayers up for Riverboat Ron, new coach of the Washington Foreskins. I'm sorry, I w- for this, for this, for Riverboat Ron, I will say, for the Washington football team, I would like to say prayers up for Ron Rivera because he found out he had cancer. And not only is that shitty, but that's dangerous because of the pandemic and, you know, well, given his occupation at the moment. So I hope he can find a way to be as safe as possible. And should he need to step away from coaching, I hope he does because I know NFL coaches are lunatics and they will just run them fucking souls into the ground. So hopefully he takes care. I really do hope so. Also, I I did forget to mention Des Bryant working out for Baltimore, working out for the could he be a Raven? We'll see what happens. They look like they're looking for some receiver help anyway. And, you know, still nothing with the Antonio Brown. I can't imagine they really want Antonio Brown, but we'll see. His cousin is there. Could play a factor. Anyway. I hope all of you have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful weekend. Do not forget to watch some hockey. That's right. That's right. Because it's been awesome. And some NBA hoops, you know, keep checking out the sports. It's not too long before we get our football. Now we'll see how long we get our football. I'd like to hope we can get through the season, but we'll see. A lot of craziness, uh, not just in the, you know, with the pandemic, but everything going on in this country and the world. So we'll see how it goes. But I'm looking forward to the weekend, hanging out with my fam, watching some more hockey. And, you know, I wish a great weekend to all of you as well. And good luck if you're in any drafts. As I mentioned, we're going to get that player profiler writing team draft going so i will keep you all up to date on that i'm sure we'll be chatting about it all over twitter so that should be fun that should be fun so we say goodbye for now but as always much love to you all stay safe stay vigilant stay mad ta-ta for now later